0: Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show.
1: Howdy. Howdy. What's going on, guys? This is Ty from Breaker Culture. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Today is episode 53, and uh, yeah, we've taken a little bit too much time in between episodes, but you know what? It just had to happen. We had some sicknesses, we had spring break, we had March Madness, and I have a wife that's 39 weeks pregnant. And uh, gosh darn it, I need to spend time. I have to be on alert and on call. And uh, yeah, so, so sorry, but we're back. And today, uh, Shanine and I spend the next hour or so talking through lots of things. Uh, first off, for those interested, we announced the March Madness winners. You could also just go to the pool if you registered. There's 82 participants. Thank you so much. But uh, yeah, I think you'll be surprised with who the winner is. And uh, we're giving away a second place prize. And we're also giving a prize away to the last place bracket. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, We talk about that near the beginning. Uh, We also talk through uh, just March Madness in general, our thoughts, thoughts about the uh, early major league season. We're, what, 10 games in for most teams, 10 to 12 games in. We talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs and some rookies to watch during the the playoffs this year. And then we break down a couple products. Specifically, we break down 2018-19 status basketball, kind of a random product, I know, but it's a retail exclusive and uh, you know us, we kind of err on the side of if there's a unique NBA product, we're going to spend some time on it. And Shani has done a really good job understanding the product and he's spent a bunch of money on it. And so I figured you'd want to enjoy and uh, dig into some of the results that he's got and the takeaways he has. So we, we talk about that. I'll also talk a little bit about Bowman baseball coming out next week. So other than that, just a normal day in the neighborhood. Uh, speaking of that, I watched the uh, documentary – Mr. Rogers, Won't You Be My Neighbor? If you haven't seen that, and if it's relevant to you at all about Mr. Rogers, or if you just care about historical TV, uh, go check out that documentary. Unbelievable. It's got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a five star on Amazon. Uh, there's a reason why that documentary is so popular. It is a really, really good documentary on Mr. Rogers, of all, of all things. But uh, also, watched Free Soul the other night really good documentary. I'm on this documentary kick. Some of the breakers recently over the past few months have talked about documentaries. And so I'm trying to dig more into documentaries and spend better use of my time if we're going to watch TV. So uh, those are my two recommendations for you today, but enjoy the podcast. And as always, go to breakerculture.com. I've released a new pricing ladder for contenders football. It was a long time coming. Update to that. And then uh, updating Bowman Draft and Prism uh, on the 15th, which is Monday. So all the data is already in there. I'm just going to roll it out on the 15th to make it nice and sequential. So have a great weekend. Enjoy episode 53. All right. can, Can you imagine trying to manage 621 active auctions in your own eBay account just for breaks. Uh, I can't imagine doing that. But guys, 702 Breakers literally has 621 auctions available right now in their store for breaks in the next week. Uh, yeah, we've had them on the show before. We've talked a lot about 702 Breaks, talked a lot about a lot of eBay breakers over our time with our interviews and conversation. But uh, if you haven't had a chance to go check out 702 Breakers, give them a shot uh, because. First off, they're super good guys. Uh, Their story is incredible. They have phenomenal, phenomenal selection. Uh, Again, 621 active breaks on eBay. Feedback's outstanding. And look, they just do things right and they're an entertaining group to be around. So go check them out, 702 underscore breakers or go to Google or go to breakerculture.com and type in 702 breakers and uh, you'll find plenty of opportunities to jump in their breaks.
0: Shani, how you doing what's up man i'm doing well ty how
1: about yourself doing good it's been way too long we took a little sabbatical we took a three-week sabbatical and it was uh i don't know if it was refreshing for you but it was refreshing for me we both got sick so it didn't go as well as we planned
0: We're right. We, not only did we both get sick, but it seemed like we both came down with essentially the same thing. These weird stomach cramps that just wouldn't go away. I didn't have any other symptoms, no flu-like symptoms, no upper respiratory or upper chest or any nothing. No fever. It was just nasty stomach cramps that obviously affected, you know, life, my bathroom visits and like, yeah, life. <laughs> I'm glad it's over. It's one of those things, man. I think we agree at this age, we're both in our – well, you're a little younger than me. I'm in my mid-40s now, Mm -hmm. which is a hard thing to say out loud. But when you have a little touch of something at this age that lasts for more than 24 hours, you start to dream up some messed up scenarios and thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I need to go to the ER and get a full body scan. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sir, you you had a colonoscopy last week. You don't need another colonoscopy. <laughs> no,
0: I need it checked. Uh, yeah, no, I need that, that too. Yeah. So I mean, I mean it's be- just a weird thing. I mean, I'm sure there are a number of people listening that can relate. You know, it's just it. It's not like it was back in sixth grade when you got a little touch of something and you're like, yes, I get to stay home today. Right. Not like that anymore.
1: You agree. Well, especially when it's acute pain, like we were saying. It's like, wait a second now. (laughs) My whole body's hurting, that's one thing. But when it's it's acute and you can point out something, that that worries you. But we're not talking about that. We don't have a podcast to talk about our health issues.
0: This isn't isn't, uh, the hypochondriacs podcast.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, don't type your symptoms into Google. Lesson learned. And I keep learning that lesson every single time I get sick.
0: Um, i'll never do that yeah yeah exactly um i already know too much medical stuff for my own sake it's not worth it well yeah that's true that's what you have going for yourself just doing what i do professionally i mean I, i'm already a little bit dangerous with that stuff so
1: <laughs> nice uh, well the difference between you getting sick and me getting sick is that i feel like when you get sick you still maintain your your hobby purchases. You find a way to get to your targets <laughs> in Walmarts, regardless of how bad you feel. I, uh, when I get sick, I, I could care less about sports cards.
0: <laughs> you know, it's my, it, it, it doesn't stop being my escape. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop being the one thing that I, I get to do a couple, three times a week that allows me to, Just be mindless Mm -hmm. and have fun. Okay. So the only barrier is if I'm sick enough that I can't see myself getting into the car and having to drive, Mm -hmm. then it won't happen. Mm -hmm. But if I have enough energy to jump in the car and drive to my closest Target or Walmart, it's still happening. (laughs) Well— I can't think of a better way that if I'm sick home in bed watching TV or on the couch, yeah, watching TV, but also ripping packs. <laughs> <laughs> Every card is
1: carrying the virus you just had. And yeah, that's okay. They're turn they're they're... sleeves turn sleeves. Um hey, so we got a lot to cover today. a, a lot as usual. Uh, right. We're going to try to cram this into 45 minutes, um, which
0: is almost, almost touching on every sport.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do a lot of round Robin stuff today, but let's, let's start off with, uh, something that we needed to kind of tie a bow around. And that is the March madness contest that we had. Right. Uh, Um, I guess first off, what did you think about March madness, the tournament in general?
0: Did you, did you enjoy it this year more than other years or? Do you watch less? I wouldn't Have... say more or less. Okay. I would say I watched less because entering March madness, I've wa- I had watched so much less of football. Mm-hmm. and We already talked about that and that's just a, 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 because of circumstances in life this sure. year right. that made it a little weird and different. Yep. So that is what it is. I still ended up watching quite a bit and my son gets more and more into it every year. And he was the one that remembered to tell me when to change the channel and get one of the games on. Um, I was surprised on a certain level that there weren't as many early upsets. I feel like the upsets happened a little bit more in third, fourth round and on. Sure. Um, Yeah. Maybe that's because we had a 16 over one upset last year. And I think the year before that, we had a 15 over 2 or a 14 over 3 or something like that. But yeah, the early rounds are the when when most people typically are looking for and excited about big upsets. And I just don't think it happened as much. They still had lower seeds beating higher seeds, but just not as significantly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it ended up being a pretty exciting tournament, though, with only one seed. Only one one seed making the final four. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think if you posed the question to most people, if you could only choose one of these four one seeds to make the final four, which one would it be? I don't think many people would have chosen Virginia. Agreed. Yeah, maybe not from a pure
1: skill perspective, but maybe, maybe a lot of people have chosen because Virginia seems to be the most likable one seed out of those. You know? you know Maybe. the blue bloods in there uh, i mean outside of the fans people don't typically want to see duke versus north
0: carolina you know what and i'm one of those people but i was picking duke to win it all because i just those three freshmen are just outstanding sure yeah. as much as i would not have liked to see it happen yep um so yeah you've got the blue bloods but then you've also got the basketball fans that just look at what's going on and say oh, well, they've got to be the favorites <laughs> I'm sure their loss even though it came later in the tournament hurt a huge number of brackets. Mm. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's got to be the one point in the tournament where so many the, the largest majority of people were eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, I like 100% agree. Yep. North Carolina I still and Duke doing the bracket. Mm-hmm. I just
1: felt really stupid. <laughs> uh, I mean, how ha- How many times each year, or every year, do you feel like you actually had a good grasp on filling out the bracket?
0: Everyone's bracket seems to be destroyed by the end. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. I felt, and interestingly enough, I actually picked several more first and second round games than I thought I would have, and it Mm -hmm. was just sheer luck. Sure, Maybe going on a little bit of history of knowing that this was a basketball school versus this low bid major that is hasn't been in the tournament for eight years or whatever. Right. But uh, yeah, you're right. You're I, right. You never they, know. Yeah. Well, I, I think my observation makes it so awesome.
1: Oh, hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. A couple observations I had, and I think I was reminded of this every year. I kind of Michigan state can't be this good. And you always, yeah, it's, you it's always not, doubt Izzo. Izzo. Exactly Don't doubt Izzo. Like he will get his He'll team at least so. to the Sweet Sixteen, probably the Elite Eight. Um, I I read a stat that since he started coaching there, each class has made the Final Four, and every other year they've made they've
0: averaged an Elite Eight appearance. I mean that's just mind blowing. Uh, I feel Thank like you. I could have told you that just from memory. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing that since the early 90s mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's amazing think
0: about that since the early 90s yeah he's been that level of a coach and that and, and establishing that level of a program that's amazing yeah that's a true you can program. dislike yeah you can dislike michigan state all you want but you've got to respect Izzo. he's yep. hands down one of the top five college coaches probably of all time but definitely in our lifetime Hmm. yep i agree I agree. But yeah, no, I thought it was a, a great, great tournament.
1: It was full of uh, – it was a good balance of a lot of team wins. Guys were yeah. – te- games were – I mean, there wasn't a bona fide star stepping up to win. It was just a random guy on a team just stepping up and helping the team win. But there was also a good mix of really good talent. Like we, we talked about the four or five guys we'd recommend watching, and Ja Morant lived up to the expectations. Uh, yeah, yeah, Culver lived up to the expectations. Um, Washington from Kentucky lived up to expectations. Like, all these guys that we were naming and and many more, they really made it fun to watch. It was kind of must-see TV for certain games just because of those guys. So I loved it. Right, I loved it.
0: Uh, You would argue that the guys who didn't necessarily meet expectations were Duke. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, because the highest expectations were on them. That might have been a little bit unfair.
1: Well, yeah, and Zion definitely showed up. Like he showed why he's the best definitely. player in college basketball, but his surrounding freshman, outside of one or two performances from Barrett, I mean, Reddish was non-existent and he was hurt a game too, so yeah. But uh, so let, let's talk about the results from our bracket contest.
0: Let's, let's hear them.
1: <laughs> so you're going to love this. We we made a joke about not letting our kids do this. <laughs> 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 and after we 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 let our both of our kids do it. So I let my oldest son do it, Jax and I let my next son do it, Kai. And you let your son basically help you fill out a bracket
0: um, as well. Um, basically, I wanted him to do it, and he bes- he just kept deferring to me. I don't know these teams. You just need to tell me what to put <laughs> down. I'm like, well, then it's not your bracket anymore, Zev. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I definitely wasn't trying to get into an argument with a twelve-year-old. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Anyway,
0: well, so so Jackson, my oldest, filled out one exclusively on
1: his own. I didn't even you know, impact that. Good for that. him. And he absolutely demolished the competition. He won it by a hundred and five points. Amazing. Wow. He won every single round by the number of wins, except for the
0: final round because he had Auburn as the champion. Right. <laughs> So the number 1 so even having not picked the champion he still won the whole thing.
1: He still won the whole thing mainly because the other Makes two sense. behind him had a number 1 seed winning Virginia and that it was harder to get points at that point. Um right. but so so Jackson Jack's one is the entry he won first. So I've already given him a nice pat on the back but behind him <laughs> So and, I, and I'm not going to disqualify him from getting a couple of the break prizes I mean cuz frankly I had Really had no impact on him doing it. It was uh, and and look, it's a ten year old kid. Like you guys, you guys couldn't beat the ten year old kid. Take that! But Sizzle Packs is the number two. I think it's awesome. That was really cool. It also shows how hard it is to pick brackets. But I mean, he picked I think Texas Tech and Auburn in his final four, and that just that
0: helped him. That's unreal.
1: Yeah. Um, Sizzle Packs is the number two, uh, the second place. Um, So whoever that is. Um, very consistent performance. Had 288 points. So Jacks had 393 points. Sizzle Packs had 288 points. So second place goes to Sizzle Packs, and uh, I believe we said there was a third place. I'll have to check and what I put in the notes. But the third, if there was a third place, it's Riffer One. Um, he gets the tiebreaker over Dustin Monson. Riffer One had 277 points. So congrats to them. We had a uh, number two, three, and four all pick Virginia to win. So, nice work there. Uh, And then last place goes to Jay Wright's Salad (laughs) with 105 points. He had North Carolina winning it all. That's
0: a pretty good – that's actually a great name, Jay Wright's Salad. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's so good.
0: I assume he's talking about the Villanova head coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Well,
1: and the funny thing is, like, he didn't – this is one of those where I don't think he – he he picked some games where you're like, okay, he's obviously picking these to lose, or maybe he's not. But he didn't pick like a total crappy bracket just to get the worst place.
0: He where, didn't take four sixteen seeds to exactly. The Whereas there was in a order guy to get last place.
1: There was a bracket entry failure is an option, <laughs> which is perfect for that. He picked Abilene Christian to win it all, and like, uh, he still. He still lost. Didn't, he still he got, did
0: not lose.
1: He got eighty first, not eighty second, and he beat Jay Wright Salad by twenty four points. <laughs> so, I, Jay Wright hilarious. Salad was legitimately the worst bracket. <laughs> so that awesome. is so funny. So anyway, uh, I will follow up with all those folks, and uh, we'll get you your prizes, and we'll we'll do some drawings for the uh, for the gift cards for the breakers. Thank you again to all the breakers who participated and giving us the prizes. Definitely made it fun. 82 entries for a last-minute contest. That was that was a great
0: turn. That's pretty awesome. And I, let's definitely say thank you to all of those who did join us in our endeavor. I think we all had fun, as anybody would in one of these brackets. Ty and I will do our best for years to come to maybe give a little bit more lead time and prep time for us to make it even better. So thanks for doing it this year and keep a lookout for next year.
1: Heck yeah. And by the way, those breakers that participated, we had top shelf breaks, crack and wax, mojo break, buck city breaks, prestige worldwide and seven Oh two breakers. So thank you guys again. Good um, lineup. Yeah. Those are six awesome breakers. Um, so anyway, on, on to the next topic. Um, MLB season is in full swing. We're about 10, 12 games in most, most teams at least. Uh, I'd love to know your early reactions to the season. Oh, it's a very open-ended question, but I'd love to know what you're thinking. Are you excited? Are you watching I'm anybody in particular?
0: That with the tournament, the March Madness tournament having just ended, and NHL hockey playoffs with the Penguins playing, I have yet to watch more than an inning of baseball. I know that is probably – what's that? That's unbelievable to me. Yeah, that's probably a (laughs) letdown for a number of people, yourself included. Um, Look, I've never been shy about saying baseball is my least favorite sport to watch. It's not my least favorite sport to collect, but I don't really get into baseball until it's consistently warm every day. To t-shirts and shorts weather and the, the both hockey and basketball playoffs are over mm-hmm. to- that's when i'll really be watching and so i'm not going to pull any bones about it i'm going to turn it back to you and let you kind of give some commentary my only commentary about baseball and rookies in this conversation would be relative to the products right now Sure. Okay. That's really my only exposure right now to what's going on. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll say from, so two, two observations on my end, one in terms of just the way teams are playing. Uh, And I can speak from firsthand experience. Seattle just finished up a series with Kansas city and swept them very easily. And Seattle has been incredibly impressed. They're, they're breaking records with the number of runs they are scoring. They're 13 and two. They're, they're leading the majors with their record and their runs scored. There, there are so
0: who 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 are we watching offensively that's responsible for that in the hobby?
1: Yeah, so that's that's the interesting thing about these guys is they don't necessarily have a a team full of. I mean, Vogelbach is one of those guys who's kind of picking up a little steam, um, but you got D. Gordon's, Mitch Hanegers, is I think kind of a quasi star for these guys, but other than that, it's just kind of normal guys, guys who aren't going to make a splash in the hobby. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's quite impressive, for from Seattle standpoint. The other the other teams that are doing kind of surprisingly well is, I mean, I, I guess you could say the Padres at nine and five is kind of surprising. They're leading uh, the NL West. Um, mm. the the Mets look really good, but Philly looks good. And I mean, the, to me, the NL East is going to be the funnest division to watch with the Mets, all the stuff surrounding Bryce Harper and Philly. You got Ronald Lacuna going over there in Braves, and he's starting to get really hot. And then you got Soto in Washington. Like, that is such a fun division to watch.
0: Hmm.
1: And so much hobby relevance. But on the American League side, I mean, the Rays, they're 10-3. That's not going to last. <laughs> I mean, they're, <laughs> they're beating the Yankees by four and a half games and Boston by six games. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of flip flop and There's a lot of teams that are just – outperforming right now boston at four and nine and the yankees at five and seven is not gonna last
0: they just still haven't shaken off the dust
1: is what i'm hearing exactly exactly but uh in terms of hobby hobby uh rookies uh, a couple names stand out to me so i think going into this season you would say the two names that are at least on most checklists and you can you can actively get these rookies or kyle tucker for the Astros and uh, Jake Bowers who plays for the Indians. He's usually on the Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays with his cards, but he plays for the Indians. Um, Bowers has been decent. Uh, Tucker hasn't played yet. Um, so you got those two guys. The, the guys that are not really popping up for rookie cards yet, and I think probably should um, – uh, Alex Verdugo for the Dodgers. Um, you're familiar with him, right? I'm guessing, you know, his name, you've seen him enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OPS over one, you know, he's got 25 at bats and he's batting 320. looks really, really good. Um, Victor Robles is, is, I mean, I know he's not technically a rookie, but he's considered a rookie by MLB standards is, is looks really, really good. (laughs) Um, so might be, uh, feeding even more 2017, 18 products with Robles. And then, um, Alonzo out of the Mets is, is looking pretty good too, the 1.3 OPS. He's got 45 at-bats. Um, those are the three guys that stand out. But other than that, it's just kind of been, let's watch Juan Soto and let's watch Ronald Acuna and let's watch, <laughs> let's right. watch the guys from last year see if they can keep, continue their momentum.
0: The interest is still greater in the guys from last year until, and correct me if I'm wrong, the anticipation of Vlad stepping up into the majors is a daily conversation. Correct. Correct. Supposed to happen within the first month of the season, apparently. Yeah.
1: Well, and thankfully Tatis is playing too. He's only had, uh, I want to say like 30 at-bats. No, no actually I take the back. He has 45 at-bats. So he's batting 244. Slugging percentage of 49. So, yeah, I mean he looks good too, I guess. But he's got the name. He's got three hummers. Um,
0: they both have the name. Guerrero entities
1: yeah no doubt no doubt but uh, yeah so that's kind of where we're at with, with rookies it'll be fun to, to look back a month from now to see okay well shoot we missed these three guys and they exploded and now they became relevant um, but Bowman Bowman coming out next week is gonna really stir the pot and for those that don't know we put out some stuff on Twitter just for
0: quick reference on what teams make sense within the checklist so, yay! I was listening to a conversation about Bowman, where the uh, the thought that was shared was basically with so many years between these guys signing their first Bowman cards and actually making the majors. Aside from the huge names that command ridiculous prices, your potentially making a wise investment if you just go after the, the the names that aren't hitting the radar where you can scoop up ten first Bowman autos of a guy for less than a hundred bucks as a lottery ticket and do that ten times. Right. Or just buy one of each of <laughs> right. ten different guys, whatever theory sure i apologize the dogs are about to make a lot of noise jenny's leaving and she's gonna put the dogs away so it, it'll only last a few minutes it's not a normal podcast without your
1: dog making an appearance right <laughs> right you still haven't changed the uh caller i can tell
0: well the caller has you know the name and the emergency contact info and uh I don't even know. Jenny's in, Jenny's responsible for that. I think it might be some jewelry, too. Who knows? Oh, my goodness. You would be the type at it that has Me? Uh, it's not me. I yeah, just said so it's my wife. How's, uh, how's
1: your new dog adapting to life in, uh, uh, in the oh
0: household? Man, this dog is a beast. He is four or five months old, something like that, and already at least 70 pounds, which is the last time we weighed him. Mm-hmm which is a 20-pound growth in a month that we've had him. And the expectation is uncapped right now. He is going to be a big boy. Mm -hmm. Already having grown in terms of just filling into his body and learning how to use his body weight, use his strength and agility – from where he came home with us and was getting bullied by a dog that was half his size (laughs) in our other dog, Max, (laughs) he's definitely figured it out and is completely bullying Max now. And like I said, in in basically just a little over a month, all of these developments have taken place. So his name is Murray. Beautiful. And, uh, Kyler Murray, is it your name it after the... It's Number Matt Murray, the goalie for the Penguins. Oh, my goodness. But actually, we live in Squirrel Hill, which is a neighborhood in Pittsburgh, only a couple miles from Don. hmm Through Squirrel Hill, where you grow up spending a lot of time on that road, just hanging with friends, shopping, coffee shops, restaurants, movie theaters. That main street is Murray Avenue. Our other dog's name is Max. And we just thought it was kind of like a funny way to refer to both of them. Max and Murray. It sounds like two old Jewish men, like the Muppet curmudgeon guys, you know, like <laughs> Max and Murray uh, hanging in the barbershop talking smack on each other. So That's awesome. Love it. It works. Love it. All right. Let's shift
1: gears. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess first off. You know, they, they kick off on Saturday. Um, some really, really good series. What what one series from the East and one series from the West are you most excited about in, in round one?
0: I mean, to be a homer as a Celtics fan, um always – as far as the East is, gonna, is concerned, I'm always going to say whoever the Celtics are playing.
1: OK. So the
0: Pacers? So, OK. So – right. So the Pacers. And, and actually I do think that is potentially the most exciting matchup anyway because – a team that some people thought and maybe one guy even predicted would have the best record in the league this year in the Celtics um, is facing a team that they could end up losing entirely and being bounced out of the playoffs pretty early. You know, I don't think the Celtics are going to lose to the Pacers, but it could happen. No way. Anyway. (laughs) There's no way. Hey, I, I, I actually... It's, this is probably a fan speaking from a fan's perspective and not wanting to be let down or get too ahead of myself. Um, hold on a second. I'm sorry, Ty, one second. This is actually quite
1: entertaining. I'm trying to guess what Shanice is doing in his house. Actually, I probably shouldn't try to guess. If we hear a toilet flush, then we
0: uh, Sorry, have a serious conversation with Janie. I actually haven't looked closely at what the matchups will be, but if I remember correctly. I can just give them to you
1: real quick. How about that? Yeah, go ahead. You got Pacers, Celtics uh thunder for the west. We I'm sorry, doing west. we're doing west. We're doing east. Yeah. Um for the west, so you're you're going with Pacers Celtics as your your homer choice. I got it. Uh the yeah. rest of uh the west would be Clippers, Warriors. Uh I'm sorry, the rest of the east would be Nets, Sixers, Magic, Raptors and Pistons and Bucks. Mhm. Mm. Actually, I think the Celtics-Pacers is the most exciting. I, I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, for the West, we got uh, Clippers-Warriors, which is fascinating. California series. You got the Spurs-Nuggets, which is really fascinating. Uh, Thunder's Blazer, uh, the the Thunder versus the Blazers, and then the Jazz versus the Rockets. Wow. The West is better, which makes it kind of interesting because these five and six seeds are actually really competitive teams. But from the West, I mean, I'm really interested in the the Spurs
0: and Nuggets. I think it'd be hard to pick one that isn't exciting. Maybe maybe the Jazz Rockets. I think some people would say Clippers Warriors, but I think those people would not realize that the Clippers have been half decent this year. They have. Well, and the the thing with that series, and we'll talk about this in a second, I mean— from a hobby
1: perspective, like especially yeah. a rookie perspective, like the Clippers are the team to watch in the playoffs, right? Right, with Gilgis Alexander and with Shamit. I mean,
0: that's that's fun, really fun. And by the way, Jerome Robinson was a lottery pick, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. He's talking about that's true, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, okay, yeah, so that I mean, all again, Saturday, Sunday, this put the playoffs start, but let, let's go ahead and Let's talk about that. So the rookies to watch, I mean there's not a ton, so I don't think it's a, there's enough to rank them. But you got Gildas Alexander and Shamet out of out of LA. Um, you got Karuks out of Brooklyn. Um, but outside of that, what do you what do you really got? Aaron Holiday out of the Pacers, Hamadou Diallo out of the Thunder. That's about I mean, it. And they're
0: both getting minutes. Yeah, so yes.
1: They're not gonna. They're not gonna probably change the value of their cards too much. Whereas an SGA or a Shamit could influence. You could see a little bump if they do well when they have the potential to do well.
0: No, it's. it's you think that's fair? Yeah. I mean, look, it's typical that year in year out, the best rookies and the ones that you're going to be most excited to watch and talk about are going to end up on the worst teams that don't make the playoffs. So Doncic with the Mavericks, Trey Young with the Hawks, Sharon Jackson with the Grizzlies. Oh, did the Grizzlies make the playoff? No, they didn't. Nah. And he's hurt anyway. So yeah, and and then And he's hurt, right? Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, I mean last year really was the exception to the rule, you know, right. with Tatum and Donovan Mitchell both making the playoffs. Right. Um, kind of carried their values a little bit further into the offseason. Um yeah, so what watch the Clippers. And I w- I it really would watch- does <clears throat> come
0: down to the Clippers being the mm-hmm. most exciting team to watch for potential rookie value growth. Yeah, very interesting.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's not like the Warriors are having one of their typical years. I, th- I know a lot of people think that they're just waiting to turn it on for the playoffs, and they've proven in the past that they are able to do that. I do think though that this is a different Warriors team. We started to see some chinks in the armor some dissension amongst the ranks. I'm not going to sit here and predict that they're going to lose to the Clippers in the first round or even not make it far. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will make a prediction that I think this is the last time we see this core group play together. Yeah, I think Durant's done. Is that what you're is, thinking? Uh, yes. Okay. And my next question is, is Durant starting to show us that He's a little bit too heady. (laughs) I mean, he left OKC at least in part because of Russell Westbrook. Now he's talking about being done in Golden State. Mm -hmm. Is it Draymond? Is it sharing the spotlight with two other stars? What is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You listen to him on Bill Simmons podcast for that four part very intimate one-on-one series, he definitely showed us that he is heady. Yeah. I just don't know what's going on with the guy. I'm so done with Kevin Durant. I kind of am too. I mean, I was a huge fan in the first four or five years of his career. And up until and including the MVP acceptance speech where he cried and said something about every teammate. Mm-hmm. And then, almost like the next day, that was over. You know, it's funny. It there's
1: no statistic to prove this point, but you can generally, you can generally tell how likable a guy is, um, at least for the most part, um, by a, how his prices reflect in the hobby.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right.
1: You know, I mean, because Kevin Durant, I mean, no doubt has the skills to match any of the top five players in the NBA, year in and year out. But he doesn't carry the hobby love that a guy like
0: Steph Curry carries, a guy like LeBron James carries. Um, It's just – The other way to look at it is that there was a time when he was more likable than he did. Yeah. And that his numbers have – not. I don't want to go so far as to say that they've tanked. But they've come down significantly. If you did an analysis compared yeah. to his hobby prices from four or five years ago, it would be pretty startling. It would be. That would that'd be really fun to do. Um,
1: we might have to do that for one of our upcoming podcasts. But um, Good follow-up. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the rookies because here we are. We're going to get rookie of the year voting here in a, in a few weeks. Uh, but I did, a, I did an updated prism ladder a few weeks ago. And it it really blew me away with how strong the Prism Silver prices have been, and really the rookie class in general is holding their weight. Um, obviously, Luka Doncic carries a lot of that, and can we can attribute that to him? But Trey Young coming on strong has <laughs> disrupted disrupted right. some of the money going all to, to Luka Doncic, but. What, what, what would you give this class in terms of grades? Let's, let's, let's just say for argument's sake that last year was a B plus, maybe A minus for rookies. How would you compare this year?
0: Wow, that's such an interesting question. And there's so many different ways that you can approach it. I'm going to say if you give a B plus or A minus to last year's class, then this year's class has to get – anywhere from an A- minus to an A+. I mean, an A- might be a stretch, but one grade above last year's class. And mm-hmm. I think you can approach it a number of ways. Is it depth, which I think this class has shown it has? Mm-hmm. Is it star power? And you wouldn't have to look any further than Luca. I know that Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum and um, Lonzo Ball all have star power. And they'll continue to have star power. At least one to two of those three. Uh, but I think Luca alone has equal star power. And with Trey Young, you know, it, it, it's then it, then you start to talk about this class surpassing last year's class. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't even talked about anybody else yet. Correct.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you have D- Doncic and, and Young at the top. Average price for Doncic, base silver, so no, no uh, grading involved, 212 as of mid March. Still the average. And you got Trey Young at 77, which I, I, I would argue that Delta needs to come in quite a bit. Like, Trey Young is not yeah, three times great. less valuable than Luka Doncic. He's just not. But, I mean, Bagley, Ayton, Porter Jr., Jackson Jr., Knox,
0: Sexton, Walker. I mean, that's it's crazy the depth of this class. and 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 there are still names you haven't mentioned. Yeah, guys that are either hurt or got hurt during the season, or you would just say suffered from some freshman blues, and you can't, you know, the jury's still out on like a Wendell Carter Jr. Sure, um, the Bridges, it, yeah, True. the Bridges. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Trier came out of the gate steaming, and he basically has fallen off completely. But um, yeah. And, you know, who knows with the Knicks. But I think there's still a, a, such a long list of guys that I'm not ready to give up on.
1: I agree. And I, I think that that leads me to the point I wanted to make about this class. I think that, that the potential of this class makes the summer league – this upcoming summer. Yeah. So, so interesting. Cause you'll have the Zions of the world in there. Oh. And then you'll have that group of 10 to 15 players, including like a Michael Porter Jr. Who have so much upside. Um, I think we're going to see a ton of movement on cards this summer in the NBA. And it, and to me that gets, that makes it really,
0: really exciting. And by the way, we just had this whole conversation and not that I forgot it, but for the sake of the conversation, you just reminded us all, this is all a conversation we're having without even having seen Michael Porter jr. Play a game in the NBA yet. Mm -hmm. Or Lonnie Walker,
1: really. Or Zaire Smith, three of the top 20 guys.
0: Right. I actually always forget about Zaire Smith and he is not one to forget about. He definitely can have impact. Yeah. But I don't think we would argue that, any of those folks have the potential of having the level of impact we are expecting out of Michael Porter jr. Yeah. I mean, he has the potential to be pretty darn close, if not on the level, if an, if, if a slight notch down from what we're talking about, the Lucas and the Trey Young's of the world. I know that's your expectation. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's a Kevin Durant esque player. Six 6'11", shooting guard. Yeah. There's, there you can he do ends damage. up doing what, you know, close to the level of expectation that some folks have of him. We're talking about a third guy in this class that's of the elite caliber. Yeah. That makes – Well, I,
1: I think you could argue Aiden's elite. Actually, you could probably say four guys that are elite.
0: Right. You know? That definitely gives this class a notch, a grade – Notch above last year, and we can start talking about comparing it to other big years. <laughs> the, the, the very interesting <laughs> and funny part becomes: Do Zion, uh, Morant, Barrett, Morant, Barrett, Reddish, and yeah, so many others. Do 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 they start creeping up into that conversation as? Oh, my God, I can't believe we're going to have another rookie class of that level. I mean, if you're not collecting basketball, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Well, and I mean, th-
1: yeah, th- there's a lot to be said about investing the right way in basketball. And we've had sure tons of conversations about this. And I know we'll continue to have tons of conversations about it. But seeing the pricing ladder again, here we are in mid-March with the latest update. And I'll have another one out next week silver prices in the last three weeks average silver prices went up 25 percent. Wow so there, there's serious movement towards the end of a season for rookies uh, for a product that was released back in November like that that to me says everything you well need I think to there's deal.
0: something about that that makes a lot of sense that that I think that could be considered a savvy collector or savvy hobbyist. That's saying, oh, the playoffs are about to start. Any of these guys do well in the playoffs. I want to have them on hand to be able to throw them up the night they drop 30 as a rookie. Yeah. That kind of thinking. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's not unwise at all because if Shy Gilgis Alexander has a 30 point night in the playoffs, and you throw one of his cards up, you're going to do better. Yep, you're going to get a premium, right? Yep. Um, if you're buying a whole bunch of guys on teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, well, maybe you think there's going to be a trickle down effect, mm-hmm. and you might be right. Uh, I don't know, but I, this seems to be a wise time to be buying, and you're probably buying relatively low, all things considered, and that the uptick in the market is coming with the playoffs sure so correct yeah i totally agree i totally agree it's interesting
1: it is it is and it's made it's made it really fun you and i have again we've touted this class since the beginning uh, and uh, i think we've we can pat ourselves on the back because the i today. think so i think we we touted the right class so it's been pretty
0: fun interestingly for those of you out there that might be interested in prism silvers and a little bit of retail exclusive color I told you, I missed the boat and I I bought a lot, but I did not really sell much other than a couple singles here and there. And this is the time of year that I'm going to have an opportunity to, you know, put a lot of that stuff up there and see how I can do with the playoffs. Yeah. I have a lot of Trey Young.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This might, you wonder if this is the peak time to sell Trey Young. I mean, will his values get higher? Like. I mean, he just had in the miraculous last two months. Right.
0: So, I don't. I, I think it is the peak time. Yeah.
1: We'll get that stuff yeah. up.
0: so he's not a rookie anymore, it's going <laughs> to drop
1: off. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, well, that that does lead us to a, a good uh, topic to talk about. And that is the release of 2018-19 Status Basketball, which I think in some people's circles you consider irrelevant. And after last year's horrendous Debacle. release- I would say I had really zero interest until they announced that it was going to be retail exclusive. And then you, Shani, started getting your hands on some of this and Targets and Walmarts and have had really, really good success. So maybe give us a quick 60-second rundown of status and give some folks some tips on what to look for.
0: Okay. So it looks better than last year's product. But most importantly, it's not so much about the look. It's about the fact that being that it's retail exclusive, you have the chance of pulling anything out of those retail skews. You have fat packs, you have hanger packs, and you have blasters at both Targets and Walmarts. Interestingly, the base set is the same between both SKUs, between Target and Walmart. So base set aside, it's not an interesting base set. You can probably build it off of four or five blasters. The rookie set is all foil. The base set is all just plain card for the rookie. Target and Walmart have variation photos. So Target has its own rookie set. Walmart has its own rookie set. You can build them both and uh that's a nice i think it's a nice value add different pictures in each blasters have one auto or mem per blaster the ratio of autos to mem in my experience being that i i've i, I have to have pulled at least an auto out of 50 percent of the blasters that i've bought personally um at least there are also quite a few autos in fat packs and hangers but i would say they fall more frequently in the blaster since it's a guarantee Um, and the subjects are like we already said it's a retail exclusive product so your potential for pulling guys that you would think are hobby only is there I have pulled a Luca a Lonnie Walker um, a DeAndre 8 Redemption Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting now don't get me wrong I've also pulled a lot of guys that I have literally no clue who they are. Um, I mentioned them to you and you knew who they were.
1: Yeah, guys like
0: Vincent D Edwards. Guys, Vincent yeah. Edwards, Keenan Evans, yep. J.P. McCura. Um These are basically D-league guys that got called up. Um, I think the great thing about these types of guys, if you're a fan of that team – and you happen to just be a super fan and you want something of every rookie or you're a fan of the college that that kid went to and your chances of getting a card of one of those lesser well-known non-drafted rookies that did end up with an opportunity in the NBA and they're, they're getting some minutes. Sure. Well, now now you finally have an opportunity. So it looks like status is one of those products where they're putting in a bunch of those late-season guys that are getting, you know... 12th man minutes Mm -hmm. um we're talking more than likely five dollar rookie auto cards right nothing huge but again for the collector that's interested in having at least something of these types of guys it's there um we all have our guilty pleasures we've talked about guilty pleasures in the past and that's kind of what i'm talking about totally So, yeah, it's not a product that's going to blow your socks off. It's not prism or – it is shiny. I want to make a distinction though that it's not prism. It's foil board. You know, it's um, the kind of shininess that's not – it's a little bit duller. It's the 1980s shininess. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Autos are stickers. Um, And they're – by the way, aside from the rookies we've already mentioned, there's a decent checklist of veterans. I got a Rodman auto. Uh, never had a Dennis Rodman auto before. I'm pretty hmm. happy to have that, you know. Um, and I hope I'm not forgetting anything. Uh, I will say that you know, if you do end up pulling the requisite single color jersey relic, you're going to be a bit disappointed if you've you know got that out of a blaster because they're, in my opinion at least, pretty blah sure. cards. Not just that it's a single color jersey relic but the card it's the design of the card itself was pretty weak mm-hmm. um oh i know i'm sorry uh one of the more important things about the product is actually that there are several colors several parallels you there there's the opportunity to build rainbows and not many of these different colors are numbered they're just the specific colors that are coming out of each skew so fat packs hagener packs blasters each of those at Target have a different color, and each of those at Walmart have a different color. So there's at least, after the basic white of the base, six potential colors that you can pull of any given individual. So there's a, actually a set with a white, a seven-color rainbow you can get for a Doncic, for a Trey Young, for whoever. Um, I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. People like building rainbows. It's a it's it's a prism thing, and you know, a, a select thing, and it can now be a bit of a status thing. So, um, that's available, uh, and s- there are some numbered. I will say it's very interesting. And I haven't figured it out. The numbering of these cards is wacky. Same color, three different veterans: Chris Paul, Jeremy Lin. I can't remember exactly who. who. Mm-hmm numbered out of 99 one's numbered out of 97 the other's numbered out of 73 <laughs> go figure um so leave it to number status numbers. leave it yeah right that's just a I don't get true uh panini style of numbering right it probably <laughs> does correlate to some stat in their history uh i don't know exactly what it is sure um i do know that there's at least one color parallel that is numbered to the player's jersey number i was fortunate enough to pull a Giannis numbered out of 34 which is his jersey number so there's that's a nice one i like I, i've always liked the jersey number thing sure um oh by the way as far as vets go and he's not really i don't know that you can call him a vet he's only a second year or third year player laurie marcanon out of the bulls he's mm-hmm. what is he second year and he didn't even play this year yeah he's second year yeah pulled his autograph twice one is just the base and the other is 24 out of 25 and his number is 24 oh beautiful beautiful nice so, car, actually. so you
1: mentioned sticker autos uh and that is true except for the draft night autographs which, which are the acetate kind yeah. of the clear cards those are numbered to 32 they're only found in blasters and it's a 25 player checklist uh they haven't popped up very often like I uh, haven't seen one. Yeah, I I, I looked yesterday, and I think there was only four or five that had completed, and there was I think less than ten listed. Wow. So th- those and and those carry substantial value. I remember the Zaire Smith went for like hundred bucks, which means oh, Dontrich wow. is going to go for a thousand. You know. Um, so that that is probably maybe the biggest draw to me when it comes to what what uh, SKU do you buy? Blasters carrying the acetate draft night autos
0: big big right. selling point yeah and the fact that you're guaranteed something anyway out of fat packs and hangers you're not guaranteed anything so right. yeah it definitely seems like blasters are your best opportunity yeah um but again being that it's a retail exclusive product there's potential in all of that heck yeah um and if you wanted to build rainbows you do have to buy all SKUs because you're not going to get the different colors that come out of the fat packs and hanger packs if you mm. don't buy them Yeah. Although, if there's if you're only building a rainbow out of of one or two guys, you can obviously wait to see what you can get those different colors for. Sure. On the internet, I'm going to be putting incomplete or even potentially complete, who knows, rainbows of a bunch of different guys up as lots to sell. I know I'm at least five colors to the seven color rainbow of Doncic, Mm -hmm. and that's already up there. Um. Have the you? Last thing I'll say, you sorry, haven't uh, sold. Have you sold anything of these yet? Have you been selling? No, actually, I only listed a
1: few in the last forty-eight hours. Okay, and what does it look like? Kind of initial. Are you seeing relatively good prices, uh, or?
0: Um, I mean, non- if you don't know, it's fine. Just for curious. non-autograph stuff, I honestly didn't even do any research. I just threw it up there at a. Uh, what I what I kind of just thought was a decent sure. uh, auction start price and just let it go for auction. If it, it. sells for just a few bucks, whatever, that's fair um, sleep over that. <laughs> Obviously, if it's the Donchich <laughs> lot, I'm not going to let it go for nothing. So I started the auction pretty high. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it's interesting to me because you they're not they're not for sale on any of the big boys sites. Like right. you, you can't find it on blowout. You can't find it on DA. Um, you, I mean, you basically got to go to target or Walmart or target.com, Walmart.com and find them or go to eBay and buy the blasters. So right. again, they don't, these aren't as valuable as cards. I get it They're. They're. It's kind of like a Chronicles where, it, yeah. It, I mean, basically is the Chronicles version, you know, for basketball. It just, it's hit or miss, but you have the potential of getting a thousand dollar card in there with the
0: acetate, Draft night auto. No so. question. Uh, and if and, you're a basketball collector, I, my my simple statement would be this: it's not a product that's going to blow your socks off, but it's a fun product that you can do half decently. Sure. And the last I, thing I haven't yeah. mentioned is uh, with respect to the inserts. There, not all of them. Some of the inserts are quite honestly not exciting at all. But there are a couple of rookie inserts rookie prominence out of the target content and i forget the name, rookie credentials out of the walmart um i think both are nice the rookie credentials is the one that some people might have seen that kind of looks like it has a bit of an argyle mm-hmm. design in the background okay. this is looks like it's got a gold foil and a profile view of the rookie plus a head-on view um, so two different images of that guy. Uh, but both are cool-looking cards, and you can get both also in the different color parallels and build rainbows of those inserts. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of color in this product, a lot,
1: a lot. Beautiful. OK. Well, thank you for the update. It's good stuff. Uh, I I am going to go buy some status. I told you I wasn't going to buy some, any any – sports cards until we had a baby so here you are i'm going to break the rule for you Uh, (laughs) but let's let's use that as a transition we have one more thing we wanted to do today and that was uh do our uh the headline headline reaction we're going to grab espn headlines very
0: quickly before we completely move on i just want to make a closing statement on product i just feel wrong not saying something about court kings it's been my favorite product across all sports and across all products for several years now, basically since I got back into the hobby. I know some people might look at me sideways for saying that and then other people because there is a cult following to all of these different quote unquote artistic kings like products, whether it's Diamond Kings, Gridiron Kings, court Kings. I love Core Kings. Mm-hmm. It just came out last week. I love it again. They've changed <laughs> it up significantly. No relics anymore. Two autos instead of one auto per box. Raise the price because of that, um, and no more eight by ten or whatever the size was of the box topper. Which again, some something that some people might miss. Personally, I don't. But be that as it may, I just I just wanted to shout out to Court King since it's out and people are engaged with that product right now. I don't understand why it's a product that doesn't ever seem to demand much return on the secondary market. Um, but a lot of people that like it really love it. Like I do. The only, mm-hmm. the only thing I'll say for this year's version that I'm really disappointed about is the base rookie is Ugly. It's got this yellow tint to the section of the card where the player's face is, and it's just bad. It's just ugly. I don't know what else to say. It's just got this yellow stain. <laughs> Looks like someone was smoking with the card. Oh my goodness!
1: Like I, I haven't yellow. seen it. I'll have to, I'll have to throw it you up there on the page. I'll throw I'll throw a copy of one of those images and throw it on the landing page. <laughs> but, there you go. all right duly noted that uh, yeah I mean I, I think it, without action photos or in-game photos you already you you cannibalize your audience because so many folks expect that and want that anytime right. it's drawn or illustrated I think it just becomes a niche product and that just you have to accept yeah. the fact that values won't be as good unfortunately Um. With that said, I, I will make one quick comment on Bowman Baseball too. Um, oh yeah, there there was a little bit of confusion. We had a lot of uh, a lot of good reactions to some stats we threw out there for Bowman Baseball, and I, I want to clarify kind of what we do when checklists come out. Um, when checklists come out, especially from Tops, with Panini is a little different because we have sequential numbers for cards. Panini does a good job with that. When they give us checklists, they tell you how many what, what the print run was for a card. Tops doesn't do that. So when when I put together data I have to look at this the number of cards period so the u, number of unique cards. So when I when I break down I give you, this folks I gave him I give you guys a glimpse at um, the number of autos for each team and I rated that against the rest of the autos in the in the product. So again I realized that Some autos are going to be printed a little less than others. And some autos, especially insert autos, are going to have a lower print run. But we don't have access to that data. Um, So we have to use what we got. So when I give you those those team breakdowns for autographs, it's looking at the number of unique autographs. So again, just it helps you kind of gauge, hey, the Tempe Rays, um, they own their, I mean, by a wide margin, they're the number one team in terms of the number of different autos you can get. The Braves are right behind them and the Padres are right behind them. Doesn't mean you're going to pull mostly Rays, Braves, Braves, and Padres autos because those might be short printed a little bit more, but it means, like, in terms of the number of unique autos you have, those are the teams to get. So, just clarification uh, point of reference, too, for those that are interested, just real quick. The, when you can combine all of those number of cards for base inserts and autos, for, so basically any card in there, the Braves own 6% of the cards in the product. And uh, Excuse me, I'm sorry. The Padres own 6% of the cards in the the product, Braves at 5.6, and the Rays at 5.6. So those are the top three teams. The teams that perform poorly in Bowman, the Red Sox were the worst. You have a 1.5% chance of getting a Red Sox card, period. That's the lowest on the list. Right above them are the Marlins, the Indians, and the Nationals. So... Again, use this when you're bidding on things, when you're when you're looking at teams to buy, just as a point of reference. So, that's all I got. On to ESPN. Let's do it. All right. So, first one, Hall of Fame lineman Forrest Gregg um, dies at 85.
0: Oh, wow. Sad. You... I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> that's a... I mean, that's the appropriate response, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs>
1: Um, he's 85, so he means he played well before our time. So that sucks. Can you name the team that Forrest Gray played for?
0: Green Bay, right?
1: Uh, and the Cowboys.
0: And the Cowboys.
1: Well done. Right. Um, legendary coach Vince Lombardi once called Greg the best player I ever coached. That's a pretty good compliment. Wow. Yeah, cool. Uh, plans and works for Tiger to play matches in Asia.
0: What kind of matches? Like private matches against millionaires that can afford it? <laughs> I think like pro players in Japan is probably what they're aiming for. Oh, that sounds so not interesting.
1: Right? It's exactly what I thought too.
0: It's just a money grab.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, watching Mickelson and him play was bad enough. Like now I, I don't want to watch him go play over there and with some irrelevant
0: player. Not nah, irrelevant here. Wow. No okay. Okay, That sounds to me like a death rattle (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes That's the gurgling sound before the end of a career I was never like a fan of Tigers I was just a fan of Tiger being in the game To make it more exciting for us to watch Because Tiger, golf with Tiger versus golf without Tiger Is a big difference Yeah, that's true that's and if true. you really want to see that difference in action, go to any PGA event with him in it and then one with him out. It's a huge difference. Mm. Fair. I was at the U.S. Open when it was in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. twice at Oakmont. And the first one he was in, the second one he was not. And it was noticeably different. <laughs> Just the amount of room you had to move around and... Accessibility to players, like on the practice range or whatever. My son got a an official U.S. Open hat signed by Jordan Spieth. Interesting. Okay. He doesn't sign. Uh, he hasn't signed many things for us, like in the card hobby thing. Right. But he definitely makes time for kids. He's a good dude. You, you cut out there when you said the name. Who was it? Who signed? Jordan Spieth.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. yeah awesome good kid very cool um yeah well I mean I guess on that note the Masters is going on right now um so it's kind of fascinating Tiger Woods is, hasn't teed off today day two but he's in the running he's tied for 14th two under Mickelson looks good a little rejuvenation but anyway proceeding on uh Gruden's draft advice to Mayock is don't mess it up what Mayock for those that don't know is the new Brave GM advice. yeah um. Actually, his actual quote is "Don't mess it up, dude." I took a, I took a lot of slings to get you three first round picks. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Yeah, this is it's gone. I think, what else can go wrong with John Gruden's first eighteen months as head coach? It's
0: it's like it's there's something shocking about it to be honest with you because. He does give you that impression that he's so together, that he's so in control, but he clearly is not. Yeah. He's the Belichick antithesis.
1: Exactly it. Yep. And yeah, uh, he definitely is the antithesis of how much uh, Belichick talks versus <laughs> himself. Yeah. It's ugly. Um, Kentucky's think- Tyler Hero to test NBA draft waters.
0: I, I mean, what would it be to not have a Kentucky under uh, undergrad, not undergrad, but, you know, uh, exactly. Yeah. Entering the NBA draft. He'll be drafted more than likely in the first round.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one to me. I mean, I, I guess I, I, I can see the potential in him. He's a, he's a really, you mean he's a premier shooter? But I mean, he wasn't—he—he wasn't, he, he wasn't game changing, and I feel like you need to have a game changer in, in round one. I
0: don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I think you have to have a game changer in the first fifteen picks of round one. That's probably fair. Lottery picks need a game it's probably not available anymore. Yeah, I, I guess I would agree but, with that. You're right. And mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be a front end first round draft pick. You think? You think late round one is? Legit for him, huh? Anywhere from 17 on. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, interesting. Well, it would be fun to watch. He averaged 14 points, four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists. He's ranked number 17 on the ESPN Top 100. So there you go. Did um, I just
0: say 17 and on? Like he said he's ranked 17? <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, you must be reading the article. Um, <laughs> NFL
1: enforces helmet ban for Tom Brady and 31 others.
0: Uh, they were wearing a different helmet than everyone else? Is, is, that, is that what I'm supposed to gather? Um. Yes. By
1: the end of last season, 32 players were wearing helmets that are now banned. I didn't even realize that was possible. I thought you had to wear the same helmets. I had no idea. I had no go, idea. Go figure. Brady was... Was using doing something else slightly against the rules. Uh, probably had like Google glasses built inside of them or something.
0: I was going to say a more sensitive microphone. <laughs> yeah, you're probably or right. Maybe a pump. Maybe a pump.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Why wow. is he holding the ball to his helmet? Um, okay. Yeah. I, I guess whatever. Whatever. Why, yeah, why is that even pump. relevant right now? Next. That's your way of getting Brady the news, um, yeah. Right. Last That's one. Cavs not bringing Drew back for a Larry Drew that is for a second
0: season as the Cavs <laughs> coach. Yeah. Uh. Next. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, do you care? I mean, I guess in the sense that I care about Colin Sexton because I thought he was going to be really good and I invested a bit in some of his cards, but. Uh no I don't care that much. Well I, I guess my my only issue with that
1: is I mean what what did you expect? You gave him one year. I mean you, the best well, player that. in basketball left, and yeah you had the third second or third worst record. But I mean I mean Kevin Love was injured most of the year. Colin Sexton was improving like really improving over the course of the season. You had nobody else. What did you expect him to do? It's the same thing with uh, Coach for the Kings. Like, best record they've had in 15 years.
0: Right. Well, that apparently was a personality rift between him and Vlade. Right.
1: So, yeah, yeah, Jaeger and
0: Divac just didn't get along. yet. that could be the issue in Cleveland. We have very little knowledge of the inner workings of relationships and the like. Yeah. And, you know, the bigger ego... Which is usually the guy that has the bigger paycheck, which is usually the guy that has more control, Mm -hmm. is generally going to win that argument. Sure, But, yeah, if it's just a basketball conversation, I can't understand any time any team in any sport only gives a guy a year or two. That's not enough time to even establish your own culture.
1: Yeah. Well, because I'm trying to think, was Tyrone Liu fired at the beginning of the season or was he fired – during the season in Cleveland yeah because I don't or I don't think Larry Cleveland. Drew started the season as the coach did he yeah. I don't remember but it was Lou was fired during the season but yeah so there you go so maybe this was totally an interim fix and they knew that all along so that personality issues yeah. yeah who knows yeah but uh yeah okay well there's the three there's the six headlines that uh that'll have to do for today but good to have you back man well, uh, good to be back. Yeah, I, I say that for both of us. You haven't gone anywhere. We've we both disappeared. But yeah, right. we here. We'll uh, yeah, enjoy hey, your we weekend.
0: Thank you, folks, for listening. Talk to you soon. All right. a good going, folks? Bye.